Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to a Brawl Network and Eagles Brawl podcast. This is the Kelly Green Show. Here's your host, Football Kelly. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Show. I am your host, Football Kelly. Free agency moves are happening across the league, and the Eagles have taken the slow approach to addressing the many roster needs so far this offseason. We've learned a lot from my next guest over the years of his covering the Philadelphia sports scene. He is the host of the ever-popular podcast Inside the Birds, Jeff Mosher. How are you, Jeff? I'm great, Kelly. It's good to finally put the uh, the face to the name. You and I go back. I don't know if you've told the story. Uh, I haven't told the story. I I would love it to uh, be told from your perspective because I was, I was a little under the influence at the time that I had that phone call. (laughs) I I think a lot of people were that day and and probably more so after the game, especially. So for for those who don't know, I met you, I say in quotes, right? Because I didn't know you at the time. I remember being uh, a sports talk host on the Fanatic 97.5 and it was Saturday. No, it was Sunday. No, it was a Saturday or Sunday. It was a Sunday game. All right, Sunday. The Eagles are out in L.A. It's 2017. They're cruising. Carson's playing like an MVP. And I had found out that there was a huge contingent of Eagles fans, as there normally are, out at the uh, the Coliseum for the game or at least partying out in L.A. So I said, hey, if you're listening and you're out in L.A., give me a call. We want to know what the scene is like here in Philly. And you called up. And that's I how sure did. That's my first conversation with you, and you <laughs> did a great job of um, being able to speak fluid sentences, even though you were clearly <laughs> under the influence and hey, setting the a wonderful Legion, scene. The Green Legion had a lot of, uh, you know, beverages available to everybody that was there, so I was participating. They, you know, shout out, shout out to Green Legion; they do a yeah. great job. So yeah, good, yeah. good crew over there. Um, so yeah, I'm appreciating that you're coming on to my show to be my guest today and uh, returning the favor, a long-term there you go. relationship of conversations that are recorded, you know? No doubt, no doubt. Love Role it. reversal. I like it. Yes. Okay. So we finally got to hear from Howie and Nick after the Wentz trade was finalized last week. What was your biggest takeaway from what the GM and the new head coach had to say? <laughs> well, the GM, what he said, and the, the, the head coach, what he said, I mean, you almost put them in two different categories, right? Because the GM, the GM is the GM. We've we've come to kind of know and expect what Howie Roseman's going to say. Uh, he's not going to be overreactive to anything. You know, did he take ownership? He said it, he said everybody owns it. I do feel like it's a little easier to own a four and eleven season when you have great job security that he has. I tell you one thing that stood out to me that I thought was kind of typical Howie GM type of speech, but it still shouldn't go unnoticed, right? He was asked very directly, what do you learn 
from the entire situation, from going four and eleven and one, losing your quarterback or your quarterback asking out, head coach firing, and he made a comment to that basically said, you know what, when things die down, when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, when we're not trying to get the ship right here, is what he said. We're in the middle of trying to right the ship. I'm sure we're going to go back and try to piece together all the things that led to what happened. And it didn't hit me then, but re- you know, almost in retrospect reading it, I thought, well, how, how is that not putting the cart before the horse? You're trying to right the ship. You're trying to get things settled. You're trying to stabilize everything without already having gone through the brainstorming, the processing, the digesting of what just led to a complete failure of an organization. I mean, I would think I would want to have that part settled out, analyzed. And look, Kelly, he might have. They might have, and he just didn't want to give the info out. But don't phrase it that way. Don't tell me you're trying to right the ship, and then you'll worry about how the ship had the big hole in the rudder after. you got to fix the rudder to keep the ship afloat. So Absolutely. Yeah, that stood out to me. That was very strange wording on his part. Yeah, I mean, I think that it was kind of the Howie Roseman question, like press conference, like everybody wanted to ask him questions. And we we heard a little bit from Nick. Um, Anything that stood out to you from what he had to say? Well, apparently his brother is an awesome coach who can really adjust (laughs) to different types of personnel. And those poor Southwest high school kids who weren't great athletes, but sure, sure were good to make it back to the championship game, which they didn't win. But no, uh, look, I I think he's going to be somewhat of a a lightning rod for similar but different reasons than some of the past head coaches for having a personality that kind of makes you wonder about how it'll play in the locker room. That's not for me to say. Yeah, it seemed like everybody was talking about his energy when he was talking, you know, had a lot of energy. So whether or not that's a breath of fresh air to this team that maybe Peterson felt a little worn down by the end of his, his time here. Maybe that's the kind of thing that they were looking for when they went to pick Sirianni as the next head coach. Yeah, I definitely think he's the most energetic head coach the Eagles have had in decades, although the bar is pretty low as far as energy, right? I mean, Doug's <laughs> low-key, Andy yeah. is as low-key as it gets. Now, now Chip was not low-key, but he wasn't high school Harry either. He wasn't like, go, right. go get him. So I, I think the one thing with Nick is that he just – he kind of gets – talking onto something and then he starts to ramble about it and ramble about it and get all excited. And, and then you start to see the, the, what I saw that say like the bubbly personality out of him that I'm very interested to see how that goes over. Yeah. How does it trans, how does that translate to the guys who are in that, in that locker room? Totally agree with you. Um, We saw, we heard a very candid Carson Wentz on the Pat McAfee show last Friday. He mentioned that he just received his playbook from the Colts during that conversation. So it got me thinking, do you have any indication that Sirianni has given out the playbooks to the Eagles current roster at this point? It's a good question. I know that there are a lot of Eagles working out. And so I imagine that they are, if they don't have the playbooks, they've, I I would have to believe without having firsthand knowledge that they've done the right type of communication to understand what kind of, what the offense is going to look like. Um, I think, and part of that is, I think Nick Sirianni, and this has been a very difficult time, you know, last year and this year with the pandemic, is how is he creating a playbook off of players that he hasn't yet seen on the field? I mean, he's got to do what he's going to do, but he also has to see, as he says quite often, that he's the type of coach that can be adaptable to the personnel that he has. So I'm sure there's a base playbook, right? I mean, the playbook, as we know, is 
it starts off like this and then you get the OTAs and they have install and install and install and it gets bigger and bigger. I imagine what guys are working on now is the, the basics of what they can work on, but you also have to remember terminology and yeah, that coaches can't speak coaches and players cannot talk about X's and O's at this point in the off season. So there's probably some back channel communication going on and things like that. Yeah. And it's a hard time to have a whole new coaching staff coming in when we really don't know when we'll get back to a normal state. We learned on Monday that the draft is happening in Cleveland. So um, not a virtual draft like we saw last year, but it will be interesting to see how the Eagles plan to bring guys back into the NovaCare Center and start getting them acclimated with this new coaching staff coming in. It will be. I'm Look, I'm really excited in general, just as a journalist, to, to cover something new, you know, um, different. This is the first time, Kelly, that I think we can honestly say that we don't know what to expect in terms of whether it's scheme or or personnel. Like even with Chip Kelly, who was a new coach, we all knew what he was going to do. We all right. knew fast pace offense, no huddle, kind of understood what he was looking for in players, 3-4 defense. With Nick, I mean, I, I just think that it's great that we have, well, at least from a journalism standpoint, that we have a lot of questions left to be answered, a lot of things. So much out. intrigue yes. leading up to next season. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. So what have been your thoughts on the moves that the NFC East teams have made in free agency so far? And do you think any of those moves will impact what the Eagles draft plan will be in April? You know, no. I mean, I think I get what you're saying, right? All of a sudden you look around the NFC East and you see the Giants have Darius Slayton and Kenny Galladay now on the outside. And Washington's got Terry McLaurin and they just add Curtis Samuel, all that speed that they've got, right? In Dallas, we already know about their three weapons. And you look at the Eagles cornerbacks and you say, damn, Yikes. you better get on that. <laughs> but, you know, you, people who listen to the Inside the Words podcast know that I have killed the Eagles for not putting enough resources into safety higher in the draft, first three rounds uh, for a long time. And the same thing at corner. They've just missed on corner. If they put more more draft resources there, not first round, though. I mean, first round corner, you have to go back to Lito Shepard in 2002. Was it 2020? Right. We're talking about over about 20 years here in a in a passing league that you never took a corner in the first round. That that's that's shocking to me. That is shocking. And now that you say it like that, it makes me a little upset too. <laughs> um <laughs> I think that the biggest impact to free agency in the NFC East is the moves that the Eagles were not able to make. I think that the fact that we have so many holes across the like the whole locker room, this whole depth chart is kind of missing a lot of pieces, even starting positions that we would typically see addressed in free agency or not seeing in, you know, free agency this year because of the cap situation. So I'm almost a little nervous that they're going to reach on some of these guys because they think a positional need is better than best player available. I hope that doesn't happen, but I could see that potentially playing a part. Well, um, I, I sort of agree. I, I'll separate it like this. I'm kind of always worried that the Eagles, yeah. <laughs> whether whatever position they're in, that they're, the resistance or the temptation, I mean, to reach seems to always be there for them to fill that that void, whether it's a certain player position or trait. Like we need yeah, speed, style. so let's get speed. Right. Yeah. So I think regardless, you're always concerned about that. Um, but they have the, the good thing is they've got a lot of picks. And for teams that – you know, even that are uneven in drafting, more picks, 
the the better chance that you're going to come out with better players because of your percentage, right? You know, you just give yourself more swings, as they always say, in the batting cage. So so there's that. Um, well, I'm sorry, what was the first part of it, though? You were worried that they might reach – oh, oh, this year free agency. I'm really yeah, not that surprised. We're cap-strapped, so but they we haven't done anything, really. Yeah, they could have. Like, see, William Jackson, he's a cornerback who signed with Washington, of course. Right. NFC is good cornerback. I don't know what their evaluation was, so I can't sit here and say, why didn't they sign that guy? He, But he did fit the style. What the team has done well, the Eagles have done well with free agency, I would say, since they fired Chip and how he got restored, is they, they haven't tried to pour billions of dollars into your older guys like Namdi anymore, no dream teams, right? They've usually gotten those young guys who are going into their second contract. That's how it worked with Brandon Brooks. That's how it worked with Rodney McLeod. That's how it worked with Javon Hargrave. That's what they like, and that's what you should do. If you can yes. get a young guy who's got five, six, seven years, and you think he's going to be a big part of your scheme, then it's okay to to get in bed with him from a free agency standpoint. You don't want to do it too much, but it's you pick and choose. That they have not done that this year at corner or safety and I say safety because again just a one-year deal for Anthony means either they don't really like what's out there and there are a lot of times the free agency is overrated or they're just being a little more cautious like you said for for either cap reasons or just team building reasons so we'll see what happens there yeah it will be interesting to see how it all plays out in April so we will stay tuned for that. Uh, the next segment that I do on my show is called the Kelly Green Lightning Round. It's quick questions, fun answers, just to get to know my guest of the day. So are you ready? I am ready. Okay. As a radio host, what's <laughs> been your best take so far? Uh, probably my most lightning rod take that people wanted to run me out of town, but I wound up being right. <laughs> was when the Eagles traded Dennis Kelly for Doriel Green-Beckham. Oh, uh, everybody was so that excited. that was a great idea. <laughs> everybody thought it was the fleecing of the century. Everybody thought the Titans are idiots and the Eagles are smarter than everybody. And I never had an issue with the trade because Dennis Kelly's a backup tackle. Like It's not like he's not replaceable. I had an issue with people that felt that Doriel Green-Beckham was going to come to the Eagles and all of a sudden be wide the freak one. of – Yes, wide receiver one. <laughs> without any kind of accountability for anything he's done on the pad. We're just going to throw him in there. He's a starter, just like every other team has done, you know, enabled him, and he's going to change. Well, no, obviously that clearly didn't happen. I wound up being right about that. But, man, Kelly, I took some abuse. You took the heat at oh the top God, of Oh, my God, did I take heat for that. <laughs> well, at least you were right, so there you go. Yeah. Um, it, it would have been worse if you took the heat and then he ended up being, like, this legit wide receiver one. That would have been worse. Uh, yeah, it would have been better right. for the Eagles, but, you know. Now, All let's right. be fair. My worst take real quick was saying that in 2017, going into the year, I thought the Eagles were probably no better than eight or nine <laughs> wins. They I shot the world that. that year. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, that was, a su- that was a surprise after going uh, last in the NFC East the year before. We turned it around pretty quickly. Um, yeah. So that was, a, that was a fun season. Um, who do you think was the most important free agency signing in Eagles history? In Eagles history, the most important free It's a tough signing. question, yeah. Is it, though? I mean, I, I'd be hard-pressed <laughs> to find a better free agent signing in Eagles history than Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, he was a, a rare free agent signing that was better here than he was where he was coming from. Brandon Brooks is also another really good one, but the role that Malcolm played in 2017 in pulling the team together and uh, after Carson went down, you know. Yeah. What was the phrase? Uh, 
we all we got, we all we need, like the rallying cry. He was that guy. He was that leader. So there's no question in my mind that he has been the best free agent signing they've ever had. So it's a fantastic pick. So I totally agree with that one. Would you rather have more money or more time? If I had more time, then <laughs> I'd probably be dedicating it to figuring out ways to make more money. So I think the honorable thing to say <laughs> is time because nobody wants to come off like a greedy bastard. But <laughs> it's just masquerading the fact that the more time is to make more money, right? So yeah. I would take the more money and then enjoy my time. There you go. Okay. Uh, what's something most people don't know about your Inside the Birds co-host, Adam Kaplan? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if he'd appreciate all of that. No, we're kind of like an open <laughs> book on Inside the Birds lately. We've been talking about stuff that I never thought we would get into. I don't know if everybody knows how much of a wrestling fan he is, even though we've been talking about oh, that. He worked okay. in – I th he had some kind of strange job when he was younger – in WCW or, or uh, whoever used to wrestle over there in uh, what, at Foreman Mills, maybe in Philly. And he, he just told a story on the pod the other day about being chased around with a pitch by uh, Abdullah <laughs> the Butcher. And he didn't realize oh it God. was an act because nobody told him he was he was part of the act. So all of a sudden, a 400-pound guy is chasing him with a pitchfork, and he's supposed to ring the bell to open it up, and he starts you know, hauling ass to get out of there because he's scared <laughs> for his life. <laughs> wow. I That's cannot picture fantastic. Adam Kaplan doing these things, but apparently it's true. In a in a former life, right? That's right. Gotta love it. Um, what Eagles player do you believe will have his jersey number retired next? <sighs> they do do they 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 kind of just do it individually, don't they? So ah, mm -hmm. uh, that's a great question. I mean, so is it gonna be before the Super Bowl team, is there somebody great enough that hasn't been retired yet? Donovan. Oh, no, Donovan's retired. What am I talking about? Donovan's retired. Westbrook's retired. Is Trot? Has Trot had his number retired? I don't know if he's going to get it. I don't think so. I don't think he's going to get it. It's probably going to be Malcolm. Or, really? Or Nick. Or Nick. Or Nick. My, my guess is uh, Jason Peters. Oh, that's a good one. But is Jason going to get it before Malcolm or Nick? I know he came here first, but... Yeah, I don't know. That's a good I mean, question. he's reti He's probably going to retire before them. Well, he might still be playing. No, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> he might never retire. Yeah, a guy wants he's to play until he's like 55. Tank, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who knows? Okay. But well, don't you think, wait, real quick, though. Don't you think yeah. Kelsey would probably have to have his number retired before Peter's just because of the mummers thing and, and the mm. fan? But he still might be playing in 30 years, too, though. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, I hope so. We really need him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's turn to the moves that the birds have made and not made. So mm -hmm. far this offseason, the Eagles decided not to restructure Lane Johnson's deal to free up more money this offseason. You discussed this a little bit on your podcast, but I'm curious what you made of that type of decision. I mean, they talked to him about restructuring and then said, we don't need you to anymore. What do you what do you make of that? It's a good question. Still doing a little homework on that, because when it when when everybody restructured but him, obviously, that that makes you wonder what's going on there. Are they purposely? not trying to restructure because maybe they don't want to – he's had a couple injury surgery and they don't want to kick the can any further down the road. Uh, were they trying to trade him, which means that if they were to trade him, all of the money that's guaranteed, which has been, God knows, with all his restructures, is a lot. Yeah. It, it accelerates into their budget. It's not like they get rid of it and to the team that trades for him, just like with Carson Wentz right now. 
Um, so it's even getting rid of him is going to cost Seems unlikely. It's, it's, well, I would say unlikely because it's a major cap hit, but look how much dead money the Eagles are absorbing this year. Right. You know, not just from Carson, but from Alshon, Malik. I mean, so if, if there's going to be a year to do it, I guess this is the year, right? While well, you can, but I don't know if there's anything more to make of it other than they didn't have to. But I do know that I've spoken to some teams around the league just to just to ask what they thought of it, and they've thought that he might be available too. So we'll have to see. Yeah, it was interesting because I know he did restructure so that Peters could get the left tackle money before the season last year, you know, notoriously. Um, so maybe they were just like, we asked you most recently and maybe we shouldn't touch that money any more than we already have. So. It's, it's it's very possible. I know it's not like, because, you know, he, you know, these, most of the time it's not a pay cut for these yeah. guys. It's just, they get actually Moving get money. more money up front and then it gets moved around. So, it, you know, whether they say yes or no, sometimes people think it's like personal. No, it's, it's just a bookkeeping thing. Right. So we really only had two big air quote signings of this off season because they're really the only ones we had. Um, we re-signed somebody. We re-signed um, Hassan Ridgeway. It's probably like a depth guy for the D tackle uh, position, but he had time in Indy and had time in Philly. So, you know, there's a connection potentially there for Gannon, but the other guy who has a connection to Gannon is Anthony Harris, who signed a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. What does Anthony Harris's signing suggest to you, if anything, about Gannon's scheme, since we really don't have a full picture of what he's planning to do? Right. So this happens a lot, Kelly, where, and it happened here when they hired Jim Schwartz, you know, he implements a certain style of defense, which we've come to see over the last five years. And to you want as many people familiar with it when you're transitioning and, and people who can play, by the way, not just guys. So when Jim Schwartz became the defensive coordinator, two guys that the Eagles brought in from Buffalo, where Jim had been prior, were Leotis McKelvin, the cornerback, and Nigel Bradham, the linebacker. And Ron Brooks. Um, Oh, Ron Brooks. I knew that was that's right. The slot <laughs> cornerback as well. Yes. Obviously. So, right. Remember right. that presser? <laughs> I do. I do. So that helps. You remember when Chip Kelly was here, he, he brought Oregon guys in. He brought guys, you know, would would um, help his scheme. Like Dennis Dixon, the quarterback. Remember, he, he brought him in from, from Baltimore's practice squad just to help people kind of – you want your guys. And so that's what I look at it as. It's not that – I mean, it helps that he's a starting safety in this league. He's a good player. I think the six interceptions from two years ago and the franchise tag may have overinflated the public's perception of him. Um, he's he's not that kind of a player every year, and I think the one-year $5 million uh, contract shows that. Um, right. He's going to hold the fort down. He's a veteran, so you've got Rodney hopefully coming back healthy from the ACL. You've got Anthony Harris. They'll, they should be your starting safeties. And as I rail about many times on Inside the Birds, if they don't draft a safety – some with any of these top three, uh, first three round picks that they have, first, second, or the two thirds, then it's just another example of malpractice because they've ignored this position in the draft, high in the draft, for as long as any other position. I mean, the yeah, last and time, McLeod isn't getting any younger. No, he's, third, you know, gonna, he's, both he's had serious injuries the last few years, so you've got right. to address you've got to address safety. Like we need safety help so bad, we can't keep getting burned every single game watching the offense do something, and then the defense finally gives it up 
like right after they do anything productive. Who's the I'm last good safety? Who's, who's the last good safety the Eagles have drafted? Drafted. Oh my god. It's been forever. I mean, the I last I, I, the last guy that they actually used a higher pick on above the third round or fourth round was Jaquan Jarrett in 2012. That was a disaster. Wow. Before yeah. that, it was Nate Allen in 2010, I think, 9 or 10. He was not a fan favorite. No. he And he, and he was okay. He was adequate. So when was yeah. the last time they drafted, like, a really good safety? You know, they've drafted Top guys of- who, could, who could play a little bit, like a Kirk Coleman. Uh, Jordan Poyer has been in the league for a while. I was mean, it Brian guys. Dawkins? Like, it, it, it really might be. Been. It really might be. Like, I'm literally thinking back, and I'm like, it probably goes back that far. Like, that's pretty it, sad. The guy uh, from Colorado who was on the Super Bowl team um, who played next to Dawkins, Michael Lewis, was pretty good. That might yes. be it. And I think he was drafted in 02. Oh, yeah. So, that's, I mean, yeah. we're talking 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> that is a long time to ignore a position. I feel like we do that with the linebacker position as well. Like, we haven't really addressed linebacker early in the drafts in recent history, at least. And it's well documented that Eagles fans don't enjoy that we've ignored it so long well they did use the third rounder on davion taylor but he couldn't even get on the field so that wasn't helpful yeah raw prospect as they say so we'll see if he's able to get into this new defensive scheme because they were drafted with the assumption that they would be in schwartz's defense and so it's Kayvon wallace as a safety for the eagles and him who came in last year who are changing defensive schemes potentially hopefully um and so what's their place? What are what are we going to see from these younger guys that really didn't have that experience in the previous regime? Are you they going to have a bigger role now? They, they should. I mean, I think the biggest thing Adam and I talk about lately on Inside the Birds, Kelly, is that the one thing you would like to see change, like from a bigger picture, not anyone, is, is talent development. It, it really wasn't very good. Even – on defense, I mean, there are certain guys. Yes, you could find Josh Sweat, good example of talent development. Dallas Goddard, good example of talent, talent development. However, I think you can find way more examples of guys who did not develop well, went elsewhere, carved the yes. ditch. That's problematic. And so I really hope that this coaching staff is able to develop the talent that's given to them um, better than the last staff has done. Definitely, definitely agree with you on that. Now we're going to turn to another situation and Howie Roseman's handling of it. Uh, There have been a lot of teams that have addressed the tight end position and free agency so far. A couple of trades that have happened, a couple of signings that have happened. Patriots took care of two of them. But what's your review of Roseman's handling of the Ertz trade situation? Uh, you know what? I'm not going to, I don't feel like I should judge it until it happens. You know, I mean, okay. I, I look, I think he wants, you know, I had heard quite a while ago. He wants a third round pick probably ambitious. Not, not because Zach's not that good, but because he's coming off a, a really tough year. Then he had the injury and it's not a glory position for everybody. Um, so I, I think, you know, if you're asking for a third and starting high, you'd probably settle for a fourth. He's not been yeah. traded yet, so I'm guessing that how he's not getting fourth round picks offers. But I bet you he's getting offers, just not oh. good ones. So let's see how. It, if I were him, I think he's actually doing the right thing here. I wouldn't rush. I've got time. I don't owe him any money by a certain deadline that becomes guaranteed. 
So let it go through the draft. And the team that doesn't get the tight end, it might target might want to trade for him. Somebody may get an injury. So like, you know, sometimes you got to get rid of these guys because of deadlines that kick in that you owe them a ton of money. That's not the case with Zach. So honestly, they've got plenty of time to make this thing happen. I'm sure they will. And we'll see what they get. And do you think that if they don't get a offer close to what they're hoping for, that there's a chance he could suit up again for the Eagles next year? We heard from Garofolo on the NFL Network that he was willing to do his next year on his last year of the contract that he has with the Eagles for another team and then do a extension off of that but why couldn't that happen in philadelphia i think that's a lot of fans thinking you know why did we have to rush him out of town if we have such a good relationship with him here is it on his end is it on our end what's what's the situation that we are in desperate to get rid of him like we were with wentz or Mm, is it i mean i don't know that the relationship is great uh i would say it's probably not what it what it was but here's the thing, like you're ready to make Dallas Goddard your number one tight end. Right. And I'm fairly certain, like most coaches, even like Doug really wanted to be, you want to be three wide, one tight end. Now you may get a guy like Kyle Pitts that you can play as a wide receiver and and you sure you can mix 12 personnel in. But you want, if you're going to give Dallas Goddard an extension this offseason soon and declare him your number one tight end, then it's a little bit of a waste of resources to have Zach Ertz just sitting there as a backup tight end or a sparsely used tight end. And if you think the relationship isn't great now, imagine how it's going to be if Zach Ertz is sitting there just playing 15% of snaps when he could probably be somewhere else. So I I would suspect he's going to be moved and it's just, it's just for the right, time. it's for the right offer. I would think though. Yeah, I would think so. That makes sense. All right. Yeah. So that's all we have for today, folks. Thank you so much for coming onto the show, Jeff. If you have not listened to Jeff's podcast, please give it a listen. The whole Inside the Birds team that he is building is pretty special. And as a fan, I truly enjoy listening and learning uh, from all the content that they're putting out. So uh, please give it a listen if you haven't already done so. And don't forget to subscribe to the Eagles Brawl podcast for more episodes of the Kelly Green Show. Fly, Eagles, fly. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.